0: Check out We Are Cavan football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia, supporting local. We Are Cavan podcast because Cavan is not just a place; it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the McEvoy Super Value G podcast, brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to look back over last week's predictions. Myself and Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo-Celt, do our predictions each week, and uh, and we, we make a competition out of it. And I'm not one for gloating, but I had a brilliant week, an absolutely <laughs> brilliant week. We talking about a magical week <laughs> in terms of predictions. Paul, have you any come back? Yeah, I have. Yeah, we um, yeah, we we'll, we'll get stuck into them then.
1: Well, like let me just remind you, Damien, of your horrendous predictions for the last couple of championships. Horrendous. For I was actually beating you without even trying. <laughs> I was trying to make it no, easy no, for but, you.
0: But 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 that's in the past. That's in the past. This is we're we're talking about this week now. Let's let's just focus on now, because I, I like to put the past behind me and move on. I'm not going to dwell on the past unless. Oh. I, I okay. get hammered next week, and then I'm going to dwell on this week. Make it that we had 13 games, had we? There was sorry, it was meant to be 13 games. It turned out there was 11 games, and I got 11 points. Oh, isn't that a hell of a result?
1: It's a hell of a result. We well, you, you even got a draw, which was yeah. unbelievable. Before we start, Damien, last week we asked people to on on Instagram to uh, give their predictions for the weekend, and,
0: and this we, is interesting.
1: Yeah, because I'll, people I'll
0: give
1: you think some it's easy. It is not easy. I'm I'm just scrolling through here to, to try and find them. A lot of people while you're doing struggle. that,
0: just to just to let people know, so later on in the show we will be announcing our very first proactive risk control team of the week. So uh, thanks to Proactive Risk Control for their sponsorship of the Team of the Week. And we will be announcing as well our Player of the Week, but that's later on in the week. So each week we will be bringing you a Team of the Week sponsored by Proactive Risk Control. For all your health and safety needs, consultancy and training, email stephen at prc.ie or check out the website www.prc.ie.
1: Tell us about other people's predictions. Yeah, well, the first one that came in said, a triple of three draws in senior championship. Casserah and a draw draw is huge at 14 to 1. So there were no draws in senior championships. So that was a loser. Next one said Paul Havid hangover. That was a good prediction. <laughs> next one said it'll rain. That was a great prediction.
0: <laughs> there, are uh, some,
1: there are some very, very good mystic megs out there. Next one, Killigari to win. Nope. Didn't uh, happen. Reds to beat Bally McHugh by five plus. <clears throat> Definitely didn't happen. Lavi going to double. Didn't happen, didn't happen. Going to beat Rammer. Didn't happen. Lavi. Didn't happen. Did anybody get one right? No, don't think so. Lavi, great value. Should be an even money bet. Yeah, not not on performance it wasn't. Lara to win by eight plus.
0: (laughs) Well, that was so far. Was that Lara, man?
1: No, I think it was someone actually taking the piss out of Man. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Killer Gary to beat the Gales was the last yeah, one. So that, that wasn't see, a million miles away. It's difficult. It it's is difficult. difficult. <laughs> I, I I did say on the podcast last week uh, that the the odds hadn't come out, but I said if you if you can get seven to two on Lavi, uh, it would have to be backed. Even though I I tip Crushed Law, I just thought Lavi were going to be a lot closer than a seven to two shot should be, but. <laughs> I didn't actually back it and I'm not just saying that now because I was away in Cork and uh, I couldn't find a betting shop and then I forgot about it I was driving around but <clears throat> the the only thing I did back online was uh, I backed Kingscourt and I backed uh, that in a double with Kiligary and the Gales to draw so I was on I was on to a 16-1 to double there or maybe it was an 18-1 to double but unfortunately Kiligary and the Gales is a one-point game so wasn't that far off it was a signal the bet of the weekend,
0: it turned out, would have been Mullahorn, who were outsiders against Lara, uh, going in and and produced a, a huge, huge upset for the odds. Anyway,
1: yeah, yeah, they were seven to four women. in some places, so yeah. that was that was the bet of the weekend for certain.
0: It'll be very interesting to see how those numbers change this uh, this week as as the as the the odds come out later on in the week. But we we'll start off with the predictions, anyway. Uh, the first game was Gauna against Rammer in the predictions. We both went for Rammer. You started off with a victory, Paul. You'd be delighted to know. And for me, this was the game of the weekend. I thought it was an absolute cracker. I thought it had some really good quality scores. It still had your blunders. It still had your mistakes in it. But overall, I, I thought it was the, the, the most competitive game. And in terms that both teams looked like they were they, they were a championship pitch. For me, I thought it was a a really good game. I thought, interestingly enough, um, Jerry Cadden, the and manager, done something that we've seen last year in the county final that was very, very important in in curtailing Rammer United was put a man marker on to Simon Cadden. And he took Ryan McGahorn from full-back to go out and follow Simon everywhere. And I thought he'd done a, a, a good job of curtailing a very good footballer.
1: Mm. Um, are we right in saying that Simon is a nephew of Jerry? Yep. Yeah, so he, that's absolutely—that's as mean as you can get, isn't that's it? That's as nasty as it comes. <laughs> um, he, he did do a good job on him, but to be honest with you, I thought Rammer were, were well deserving winners. As I said, I, I was away, but I've watched most of the games back now on the streaming service, and I thought Rammer and myself were well deserving winners. Gunner got off to a good start, a very good start, and kicked some super points, went 3 0 up. But I thought like I thought that after that Rammer dominated most of the game. Bar give away uh, a really bad soft goal, which which was just criminal. But you know, take out that, that slow start when they got going, I thought they were they were a level above Garner, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I I have to say so
1: what Garner
0: do and do very well is they they utilise the amount of chances that they create. They they score. I'd say their conversion rate is higher than than most teams in the county. So they can they can look like they're scrapping in a game, but that's Gowna's way. And 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 in that way, it it is a level of control. I thought, I I personally thought up until um Sean McAvoy came on, I uh, and and Cole, Cole, I thought Gowna actually could have been in the position to go on and finish the game out to win it. I thought just then. The big thing was that Rammer's bench, which we spoke about, was we, we said that their panel was probably stronger than most in the championship, if not the strongest. Their panel is what won that game for them, whereas Gauna didn't have the same impact off the bench. Like Niall Madden done done relatively well, but take him on Aido Cole probably done done equally as well. Then you had Sean McAvoy done better than anybody to come off the bench for for uh, Gauna.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I thought... Um, yeah, what you're saying about Garner being, being so economically in front of the goal, like, I thought there was no real end product from Conor Madden on, on the evening. Maybe he was was minding himself because of, of that injury he picked up against Lackham, but he got on a good bit of ball, I thought, but it, but he took some wrong options and I thought his shooting was poor. If he had been on his best form, maybe the result would have been different.
0: yeah. Yeah, I I can I can see your point. Like one point from Connor Madden, albeit he was playing midfield, you'd still expect more. And that one point was was what you know and what you expect Connor to do. You just want him to do it more often. That that run through the middle, he's got such pace and such power. I thought Martin McHugh's description of him was 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 really good um on, on the streaming commentary. So it's uh, yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I I definitely think there was more to come. And there will be more to come from Conor Madden.
1: But like you... I like the idea of playing on midfield, Damien, because yeah. without a doubt, Conor Madden's at his best when he's running towards goal and carrying balls. He's not, for, for such a talented player, he's not 100% comfortable winning the ball with his back to goal, I don't think. I agree with you. I think he's better with a big, long stride. And he's got brilliant footwork. He's, yeah. he's like a boxer on his feet. Like he, can, he, can just, he can step in and out of, of uh, crowded areas very well. And he's really good at that, but that's his game.
0: And on top of that, you don't need him in that full forward line when you've Ushing Pearson and Robbie Fitzpatrick and TJ on the inside. Like TJ, TJ is a very underestimated player, but extremely good ball winner and very, very good user of the ball. So I don't see the need for playing Connor Madden in that full forward line. I think Jerry's stumbled, well, not stumbled onto. He's he's picked up the right decision here. Him and his management team in putting Connor out to that middle of the field. Um, but overall, you have to look at, at that Rammer United team. Like, I think Brian O'Connell, you know, Martin McHugh summed it up as well about how impressive he was. I think he was very impressive, and yet I don't think he's at his best yet. I still think there's an awful lot to come from him. Um, in the middle of the field, I thought overall Killian Maguire and Lawrence Caffrey won the midfield battle. Um, and that's crucial in any game, so then you know owen Somerville I think he's becoming the the leader of this team he's the He's the allen Clark or the Eamon Riley of of this rammer United team, I think just looking at the way he carries himself on the field
1: yeah well there there was an opinion out there that Rammer were a wee bit saw on the soft side or some people would have seen them as a bit flaky and um that they got bossed a few times in games i don't I never really subscribed to that, but I certainly don't subscribe to it now. Like I've no. heard, heard people saying, oh, Rammer, they're, they're too nice. But if you look through the team that's there now, like so, Owen Somerville is a really tough, hard-as-nails player. Uh, mm. You've Young Killian Brady there. You've got the McGees. You've got uh, Brian O'Connell, Cahill McGuire. You know, they're, they're all tough, physical, hard-nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I t- I think that there's a very tough uh, spine there a good bit of aggression lads aren't afraid to get stuck in Simon Cadden's another lad that's, that, that mm. can get stuck in so I, I think there's oh, that that tag doesn't fit with Rammer anymore if it ever really did Somerville yeah he impressed me he covered an awful lot of ground and you know he, whenever they needed someone to put their head in he was the man that was there on, on, on the spot to do it Um yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> completely agree. Yeah, well we haven't we haven't mentioned the starter show at all, which is James Brady. Like in fairness, it was it was the James Brady show.
0: Oh like yeah, I I think I, again she's I I sound like a broken record here, but Martin McHugh summed it up. It, it was worth coming down from Donegal to see his first goal alone. Like I I was talking about him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that you know you, you were saying what a good ball handler he is, and I it's his movement that gets him the space to to look like a brilliant ball handler and he is but his movement I felt so sorry for Conor Halton um, trying to mark him as Killian Maguire was putting in that ball because he moved to the I think he moved to the left first then to the right and then back to the left again but it was his movement to the right that Conor Halton thought okay he's moving at such pace now he actually wants that ball so he had to sprint and just as he was getting up to a sprint H- Halton that is, James turned back around and it gave him three, four, maybe even five yards of space and Killing Maguire's ball in was just absolutely perfect. And, you know, that could have, a, a weaker kicker of a ball, that could have gone a lot wider and made James run a lot further. But literally it was as soon as he turned, the ball was on his chest within two yards, which meant the goal chance was on. And then... Halting scrambling back thinking, shit, I'm after been torn. I've got to rush to get him, which gave the opportunity for James Brady to do the the pullback dummy solo. You know, it, it was just a piece of art at, at its at its highest quality. You know, frame that and stick it up in the in in the in the Louvre in Paris because it was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was. It was it was a fantastic goal, absolutely brilliant. And the funny thing was James Brady could have had two ten on the day. Because yeah. he did, he kicked a few wides. He, that's he kicked, right, and uh, wides that that are uh, well within his range. <clears throat> so that's what I mean. That's what I mean by by uh, how I said that I felt grammar were better. They had a lot of wides in the first half, and you know they yeah. get off to that slow start. I know the the game runs from minute one to minute sixty three or whatever it is, but they get off to that slow start. to let in a bad goal, still won it with, with a goal to spare, and you know. There was so much ball getting through that, that tells me that there's that guy in the defence, I just don't know if they're good enough to win the championship because there was so much ball getting through there to, to James Brady, like to allow him to score as much as he did and, and to to get the chances they did. <clears throat> and like if you look around our second goal, I actually watched it back on the clip. Liam Brady had the ball, it took twenty three seconds to get it from Brady to Brady, from Liam Brady to James Brady, from one goal line to the other. I thought it was it was a it was a hell of a move. Sean McAvoy got it in the half back line. Um, Somerville was involved. I think it was Somerville was involved there. James Brady then got the got his hands on the ball around midfield or between midfield and half forward and he continued his run. Uh, aero Cole turned his man inside very easily and just squared it across. and James Brady was there to to finish off the move. Like I thought, it was a very well taken goal.
0: Mm. As, as as Mickey Brennan described on Northern Sound at the time. It was it was an epitome of a team goal. There were so yeah. many players made really good decisions at the right time and ran hard lines.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, I, I thought I thought it showed Rammer at their best. So, I, I know you were saying to me off air that that, that you think Garner's status has been boosted after the, after the weekend. I wouldn't I wouldn't fully agree with you. I I talked to her. We didn't see anything very much different from Ghana that we have seen before, and I don't mean to be sounding like I run Ghana down, like because I mean Ghana are a good team, and we they show they're a good team, but I don't know if they've shown there that they've that they've improved enough to go on to the next level uh, mm. personally.
0: I think this weekend will will tell an awful lot because for me, I haven't seen. I think I've seen all of the senior games that played this weekend gone by, um. I, ju- I just felt that the pace of that game was more senior championship than any other game I had seen. You know, mm. you, you could you could make the argument that Krushla, um were and Kingscourt were at championship pace, but you just don't know if if their opponents were 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 so far behind them that it made them look better. But with Gown and Rammer, for me. They were both at a pace. That that it made the game very competitive, and I I actually think that that both Gowna and Rammer Stock rose over the weekend. I I'd be going so far as to say, on my standings, Rammer Rammer and Gales would be joint first, joint favourites. Then then you're talking about probably Gowna and and and, and Kings Court coming in after that. You know I I I think that Rammer for me look like they're good. But can get even better again, and I think uh, we're, we're going to see the panel the panel effort being a huge huge part. Are you dropping Castle Rathnain out of your, out of your top five, Damien? Well, I well what I'm actually saying because I haven't seen Castle Rahen. so I'll I'll make judgment. I won't see them tonight. We're uh, we're live in Kingspan Brefni, for Arva against Balagna on We Are Cavan, but um, I'll, I'll I'll hold more judgment until I see. Ke- Castlean in the flesh, so for the time being, they'd be out of my top five because I haven't seen them play. It's a, it's a big call
1: it's a big it's a big call, but you have to call it as you see it exactly the, um, you, just the last comment on that yeah uh, you you, met, you mentioned ocean Pearson uh, I thought ocean pearson was was very good. I thought Kean Madden showed he's getting back to form. Robbie Fitzpatrick's place kicking was very good at times. Mm. But Ramar have a lot to come back as well. Everyone's talking about all the players that Cavan Gales have to come back. Ramar have to bring back the likes of you know Jack Brady if he gets over that injury. Mark McGee is missing there at the minute. Um it'll Cole only came on. Uh you know, Ronald Patterson and fellas like that on the panel who who were coming off the bench last year, Damien Barkey is coming back from a cruciate. Their panel is going to be getting stronger, you'd imagine, as it goes on as well. So we have been saying all along, Damien, that the, the panel is going to be so important. Yeah, uh, that is going to be the case. They're going to be dropping like flies now. As so we play four, five, six weeks in a row. Yeah, I completely
0: agree. I completely agree. And I think that's where Rammer may just have that advantage at at, at the moment. It's uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch. But so we both got that one right. The other one at senior level that we both got right was Kingscourt against Lacken. Um, this this was it was a one sided affair. If if Wright was being if you're being hundred percent honest, King's didn't show at all, or sorry, Kingscourt didn't show any any sort of respect for Lackin at all. And and Lacken didn't earn any respect coming out from this game. They they just let the let the occasion completely pass them by. Um now David Lennon, um, who you'll hear from over on the Diehards podcast later in the week, um he did, I thought he got his matchups perfect. I thought Paddy Mead on Ray Galligan was a really good move. I thought Alan Clark on Niall McKiernan was a really good move. I thought in the middle of the field Thomas Galligan's influence was restricted. Park Faulkner was on him, but then not always on him. They didn't mind leaving Sean Burke on him. Just once somebody was was, was keeping an eye on Thomas Gallagher. Like for a county senior of his quality, his ability to go through a club game without getting a score at all. Shows the uh shows the the, the job that Kingscourt done on him so, um and and it's not going to get any easier for Lacking, like they lost Killian Galligan to a straight red at the end of the game. They were already missing Craig O'S and 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 much spoken about James Galligan away as well. So it's it's uh it's
1: getting more difficult for Mickey O'Rourke's lads. Yeah, completely, completely. Like I think I had Lacking ranked. Outside the top nine, anyway, in my rankings at the start of the championship, because there was that feeling that that they were going to go into a little bit of transition, that they had, had a few years there where they were really pushing on into the top four, maybe certainly top five in the county. But they seem to have gone back a bit, and uh, losing lads would be a big blow to them. So it's a massive game this weekend for them, because if they were to lose their first two, Lacking have got a tight to win games in the championship. What was that stat I had? It was they'd won something like four out of so four out of fourteen. So they've now won four out of their last fifteen matches in the senior championship. So, you know, it's a huge game for them this weekend.
0: Yeah, it is. They they, they really need to turn it on. On the other team, then a lot of really good performances. Um you know a, a lot of very solid performances. The lads who on their man, Mark and Jobs, were were excellent. Shane Duffy coming from a wing half back position, scoring one one. And the goal was a beautiful cross field ball by Barry Tully, um, and Duffy came on at pace, and his finish was 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 just really really confident. And um, they they'll be delighted with the younger guns coming up because Kane Sheckleton on freeze was was absolutely flawless. He he scored a couple of nice handy ones, but he scored two very difficult ones. Scored a point from open play, which was a lovely flowing move. He gathered, turned real quick onto the left foot and stuck it over. Joe Dillon looks like he's coming back to himself. Um, I thought he had a good game, and yet I was told by some from Kingscourt after that that was the worst game that he had played since the return of football. So if that's the worst, then I can't wait to see when he's at his best. Barry Riley with three points, a free, a point from play, which was a turnover from Alan Clark, sent up the other end to him, and a, a lovely attack in Mark. You know, you, you look through their team, a forward line of Barry Tully, Philip Tinley, Peter Corrigan, Keane Sheckleton, Joe Dillon, and Barry Riley. You know, there is an awful lot of talent in that forward line. So, Keane's court look like they're, they're they're coming nicely, and I would say they're very close to getting the best out of what's available to them. So we'll just have to see if that's good enough this Friday night. I think it is against killegarry
1: because that's a big game too. That's a big game, yeah. The Two teams that have met a lot in the last few years and Kingsford have uh, tended to have the upper hand when it really matters bar one group game where they, where killegarry gave them a hiding. So that's a huge game for both teams because uh, killegarry now, after being talked up a lot by me in particular on the podcast, have now haven't won a game in the three games since they've come back. Uh, the two league games and the and the championship game. So, yeah. Look, um, the question I wanted to ask you about that game. We talked way back during the the lockdown about the offensive mark and how it was going to um, how it was going to work with teams that had good kickers of the ball. Did you see Barry Riley that much much uh, long ball into the likes of Dylan?
0: No, we didn't. We actually didn't see a lot of that. Um, now conditions weren't ideal for kicking, and I think that, that played a big part on it, because like, yeah, B- Barry stayed a lot further forward, forward than I'd have expected, I thought he, he may get outside that 45 and look to give those kick passes, but then the rain was so ridiculously heavy at the start of the game that I don't think kicking was on, so it did affect the game, as it dried up a bit we got one attacking mark, it was Barry Riley's first score, but... Other than that, we didn't really see the opportunity for attacking Marks, and definitely didn't see the player staying in looking for it in, in, in that full forward line.
1: OK, right. Well, it's, it's probably a weapon that they have in reserve. Exactly. Like, for a dry evening. It is. Third game of the weekend,
0: this is where we start to differ. Uh, Killegarry against Cavan Gales. You went for the draw. I went for Cavan Gales. I was marginally right on this one. And in reality, probably... I, I would go so far as to say a draw was probably a fair result if it had have come to it, because Cavan Gales, for all my talking up of them, the last 20 minutes of the game, they, they pretty much capitulated. Um Killigary will be disappointed with their first half in particular. I thought Cavan Gales set up in such a way that they'll allow you to win your own kickouts if you go short with them. And as soon as they've lost that kick-out, they'll retreat back with numbers to the 45 and try to pick you off from there. And Gary time after time in the first half, ran into the trap, kept on just going short with the kick-out, particularly to, the, to Paddy Galligan's left uh, cornerback position, dropping it in there for a free man, a cornerback that was free, and, and off they went. And it was, it was as if by taking that cornerback, they were doing exactly what Cavangales wanted them to do, and then Cavan Gales had the confidence to pick them off and go on the counter-attack. And their counter-attack was, was quite effective on a lot of occasions. Um, but did then learned and started to put the ball forward out the field, which meant that Cavan K- Gales had to decide, right, do we compete for this ball in the middle toward? And if we lose it, risk being caught on with space behind us. And, and you could tell it didn't sit that well with the Gales boys. They didn't know not everybody was on the same page. Some would go and commit to the to the break or to trying to catch the ball. Others then were retreating and with with, with them not singing up the same hymn sheet, killegarry started to find the holes in the Cavan defense. They also took Martin Riley from centre back where he started on Paul O'Connor and put him into the full forward line and brought both and Brady and Connor Smith out the field a bit further. And that worked really, really well because the, the two lads, Brady and Smith, were causing a lot of problems in the second half. I think um Ocean Brady finished the game
1: with I think I'm right in saying it, seven or eight points. Can't just remember. I after. thought I th- thought Ocean Brady was excellent. <coughs> that Martin Riley at centre back on on uh, Paul, Paul O'Connor did not work for, for yeah. Gary. I thought Paul O'Connor had a brilliant game. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He was everywhere. He was popping up everywhere. He put in a serious shift. He used the ball very well. I thought he I thought he was exceptional. And when when Martin went into the full forward line, um, that was that was you know it was no coincidence that that's when things started to change. Ross Sheridan went off. Ross Sheridan, I think, is a really good player, but he was having an off day the other the other night. And uh, when Ross went off, they they changed things around a bit. And that Martin went inside around that time, and I thought that definitely they looked more potent. So they might look. They might be bold and try and start with Martin Riley inside the next day and see can they do without him? you know, uh, in the centre half back position because they certainly look like a better side. But like early on, the Gales got to the pace of the game a lot quicker. I thought them. Like you could tell they were really up for it and they are playing very defensively. I don't know how I feel about that to be honest (laughs) because looking at it like there's been so much talk about the Gales forward line. And there are options. I know, when, especially when Shawnee Johnston comes back into it, that they're going to that they have lots of scoring options. But they are playing very defensively. Like early on in the game, I was watching it on the stream, and I I paused it. there was a foul on Andy O'Brien. And when I paused it, there was four or, <clears throat> inside the Gales' fourteen-yard line. They had nine players, nine Gales men. Like that's ex- that, at times they're extremely defensive. Now that's an indicator that they were really up for the game. You heard uh, Martin Corey saying that they were they were a carbon copy of Scotstown. In the way yeah. they play, which was which was very interesting. On on the opposite side of that, Kilkenny were so flat early early on, and the amount of mistakes. I actually took a few notes on the amount of mistakes they made under pressure. Like at one stage, Ryan Brady broke through, kicked the ball up in the air under no pressure. They gave away an absolutely terrible goal. We thought the rammer goal they gave away against Kilkenny was bad. This was absolutely shocking. Coming out with the ball under very little pressure, coughed it up, and the fairness to the guys they were they were ruthless when when they forced the turnover. They didn't even really force it. They just. <laughs> Handed it to them like yeah. But and the, the Gales were ruthless that, and they went for it.
0: That was actually a fist pass out of defence by Martin Riley.
1: That yeah. was
0: intercepted by Garrod and and went forward like uncharacteristic by Martin to give away Absolutely. possession.
1: Yeah, and um, there was another time a poor Cavan Gales kick out from Kieran Finn went straight to Ryan Brady, and he was standing on his own in the middle of the field and the ball came straight into his hands and he just just gave it away with a hand pass. Abs- under absolutely no pressure. There was another time, uh, Daniel Talbot, under very little pressure, gave a poor hand pass and went out over the the, the line for a Calvin get- Gale sideline ball. There was another time Ross Sheridan took a hand pass into the chest, but he wasn't looking. He was looking at what he was going to do next. Took him, a, t- it took him two or three goals to gather the ball. Then and he was shunted over the sideline. You know, these these are all these are all mistakes that I'm highlighting that were made under not under extreme pressure. They made a lot, mm. they made a lot of mistakes for the Gales did really well and got round them and and with disciplined tackling and forced them into into mistakes. But you can't be making mistakes like that when when you do have time and space. And so that's that would be the big regret that Killer have from the game. When they look back at the video I'd say they're gonna be embarrassed at all the mistakes that they made.
0: Well when you look at
1: from from a a kill
0: or a Calvin Gales point of view, they'll have to look this week at a few different things. How they, they fell apart in the last 20 minutes and the number of frees that they gave away, scoreable frees. I I think so. Ocean Brady finished with seven, or sorry, with eight points, um, and five of them were score were were frees. Martin Riley hit two frees. That's, that's seven scorable frees, and I think there was there was two or three maybe missed as well. I didn't have the the exact stats, but there was definitely two I can remember straight away. So Calvin Gale's, they while they have numbers back, they're fouling quite a bit. And they're, they're going to have to watch that this weekend um, and, and going forward into the championship because, you know, the, the better teams, they'll draw that foul. They'll they'll work the referee to make sure that when you're getting those numbers around, you've got to make sure that everybody is disciplined because when there's three players around, one man on the ball, you're probably three times more likely to foul, you know, in yeah. reality.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree completely. But like, that's... That's my whole uh, argument in the lead up to the championship was that the amount of people that, that have been saying that Cavan Gales are going to walk the championship, not just win it. People saying the Gales are going to win it at their ease, and there's talk about some of the big gamblers around Cavan G A Men having huge money on the Gales, and um, you being one of them. <laughs> yeah, my fiber, my fiver has gone elsewhere. But uh, yeah. yeah, I, 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 I just could not see it. Like the Gales are a good team, but. In my opinion, they have they have no greater chance of winning the championship than than Ramar or Krushalaw, uh and possibly not Casarran, if they can get lads back. Which the talk is that they are getting lads back. Um, the like were significantly better than the Gales last year. Like they beat them by an average of seven points over over the two championship games, um, that they played them. King scored them in the mix as well. So the, the Gales, I think they're they're a hu- huge contender, but for me they're not favourites. And like.
0: Yeah, the, the that, of that, that, that's of that.
1: been a bit of a shift on you. Like, you you, you were almost
0: at the point that I can't see why people are saying that they could win it a while ago.
1: Well, now could, you're saying
0: that's, that that
1: they could win the championship. I'm gonna, I've said it from the start the Gales are not going to win the championship,
0: yeah. so I'm
1: gonna stick to that. But I mean, they could, of course, they could win it. Um, I've been wrong before, like. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, I think when you look at it. Killigari who, who had a, an off day really and were made so many mistakes um were they a twenty to one shot for the championship at the outset. Cavan Gill's nine to four. Yeah. Killigary, without playing well should have got a draw out of it. There's and Killigari missing
0: Daryl McKenna, Matthew McKenna coming on. Um, you know, they're still not at full strength either. I think Paul Cattle was missing as well. Well, I, I I presume he was missing through injury or something. Yeah. I thought he'd have made it. So, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at a Kiligary team that's not quite at full strength yet either. But I Darby agree with Kendall's you. a pivotal figure for them, Damian. Yes. Because,
1: because it he's, means... not, he's, not, he's not the same ball player that, is, that Matty is, but he's a very strong, powerful uh, figure at centre-half back.
0: And it also means that you don't have to even consider putting Martin Riley to centre-half back.
1: Yeah, completely, completely. But we, the point must be made that Cavan Gales are missing a lot of players too. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, so at this point,
1: I'm one ahead of you. Um, just one more one more comment on that. Just again, feeding into to my my comment. I don't want to sound like it's an anti-Cavan Gales rant, but it's just an observation on from talking to people around when, the country. When, when you're explaining, you're losing. <laughs> well, yeah, I am. I'm losing by one here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martin Corey made a point on in his commentary, he says, Martin Dunn looks much sharper, faster and fitter. And I was thinking, yeah, he does. He looks, he looks in great, Nick. Uh, but he then he, could, he finished the sentence by saying, which is only going to add to this great Calvin Gales team. Now, I, I just cannot, that tells me that people are still looking at the Gales from, from the past, from the start, the last decade, the previous decade to the last one. It's not a great Calvin Gales team by any, by any means. Like, let's be honest here. I don't think the Gales themselves would even say, yeah, we have a great team this year. I just wonder. I wonder if he was commenting
0: on Law Lavi. Would he've used the same phrase with? This great crush of our team.
1: Maybe it's just the phrase that he uses. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. But Possibly. just an expression.
0: Yeah. Right. Moving on. Game uh, game four was Castler and Shercock, which is going ahead tonight in um, Muller. We're hoping to have updates on that from Muller um, as we bring the live commentary of Arvan Balanya. Game five was Mullerhorn against Lara. And this is where I slipped up. You went for Lara, I went for the draw. And I'm so disappointed that I went for the draw on this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I was nearly as wrong as you were. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I this is this. There's going to have to be a serious post-mortem into Lara here because this was one of those predictions that I had. I have got so badly wrong. Like I really fancied Lara this year. And we've argued about this. And whatever we've argued on air, David, we've had twice the arguments off oh, there. People, people don't realise if we do three hours of podcast a week, that's only a small fraction of our football discussion. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and, and the most heated arguments are off air. I really I really fancied Lara this year. And like by all accounts, while Mullerhorn, uh, I'm sure you're you're about to explain exactly how it went, but, but while Mullerhorn were very good, by all accounts Lara were a shambles. Yeah.
0: There's there's nothing as really you could say. I, do you know what going into Krosky's, walking into the into the into the grounds, I, I somebody from Lara who said to me, "You heard Shane O'Rourke is is not here. He's 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 away." I said, "What do you mean?" And the the word was that he had a choice to make and he chose not to come to the game. And straight away, I kind of got this feeling that right. Well, if that's somebody. In the in the supporters, somebody who is actually involved with the with the club on the committee level, if they're feeling down about this decision, I wonder will it have spread onto the team? I wonder will the team be feeling, oh gosh, well this is what it's about. And then after the game, the phrase was said to me, "Shaluker, you know the, the boys have nothing to play for. You know there's no relegation this year." And I, those two comments kind of. Brought to light my my fears in the discussions that we have about Lara. That do they really believe that they can go on and and compete at senior level? You know, and and on last week's show, and they don't, and therefore they've thrown in the towel. Now, having said that, I I, I will. Um, back back this up a little bit by saying I don't think Lara will be as bad again. I, I, I expect to see a reaction because there are too many good footballers not to be sickened by that performance last weekend and mm-hmm. good footballers generally want to bounce back.
1: Now, will the beat crush And, and, and Lara, have, Lara have a very good management there with Jodie Devine and Keelan. Yeah. I believe that they're still, they're still there this Sierra, year. Yeah. Like, so. yeah. Like, it, you know if you look at it, it's totally against the trend of the last few years for Lara to get a defeat like that because even while they were trying to make their breakthrough in intermediate, they were so close um, every year. They were getting beaten. uh, They were losing games in unlucky circumstances to dodgy goals and getting beaten Mm. by a point here or there. They were always really competitive and, you know, whenever they did get beaten at intermediate level, they were never beaten by a cricket score like that and they never really folded the tent the way they seem to have done there. So, it just, mm. it just, it just, it's just really, I can't figure that one out. But, you know, I, I did talk to, Horn, to a Mullerhorn man last week and I was saying, you know, there's going to be some young team going to make a splash this year. I said, do you think it could be Mullerhorn? And he was like, no, nah, no, not Mullerhorn. But maybe it will be Mullerhorn. That, 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 that was
0: a shrewd Mullerhorn man. He was playing it. He was playing yes, he was. But, like, <laughs> and, and, and you've hit the war there and, I, I used it quite a bit. This is a really young Mullerhorn team. Like, this is a younger team than Lara. Everybody was talking about Lara being a young team. Uh, on, on my calculations, the Mullerhorn team was 0.6 of a year younger than Lara. So that's, that's the encouraging thing for, for Mullerhorn. Your big players, Cormac O'Reilly, under 20 this year, Scoring one five, I know four were frees, but his goal was brilliant, absolute class goal. Um, wing half forward, Matthew McGarren, three points, one attacking mark, two from play, and caught three or three, uh, midfield marks as well. For a seventeen-year-old or under under eighteen still to to make that as a debut, you know that that's a really really promising thing. They brought Tom Harton off the bench again, an under eighteen player. And then you've Gavin Brady, Ryan O'Reilly, a year younger than Gavin Brady. They score two points apiece, you know, midfield wing forward. So their younger players were the ones that really stepped up here, and that's the promising thing for Mullahorn. Regardless of how this weekend goes, you know they're going to be asked a very, very tough question this weekend. But they've shown enough at a, at an age of twenty or you know eighteen through to twenty two, enough at
1: that age group that there's a future in Mullahorn. Oh, there is without a doubt, without a doubt, and you know it, it's sometimes hard coming off a massive win like that uh, to do yourself justice. And the gales will be licking their lips, and and the gales management will be quite happy because they'll have, they'll be looking at, at the win against Killigari. If they had won that game by seven or eight points, which looked likely at one stage, uh, there could have been poss- the possibility of complacency or or um, fellas getting carried away with themselves. That's not going to happen now. So they're going to be they're going to be really up for it again. Whereas the Mullerhorn management are gonna to have to get these lads after a fifteen point win in the senior championship, something most fellas on that team, I'd say maybe them all have never experienced before. They're gonna they're gonna to have to get their feet back in the ground again. So uh they, they are they're they're on a hiding to nothing against Calvin Gales this again. But as you say, whatever happens, you know, it can only stand to them because they're so young. one more win from from the next three games gonna get them into the quarterfinals and Mullerhorn haven't been in the senior championship quarterfinals in a while. No, and and a bit like
0: Kings Court, there'll be no fears if they get there.
1: That's so, right. That's right. You, you can't. You just cannot underestimate that. That uh, what that's worth. You know, it's it's like a tribal thing. It's like the, it's like the, they won't fear it, and Garden the same. They, yeah. they won't. They won't fear it if they get to that stage.
0: No, completely. Um, so, um, at the with one game to go in the senior championship, I'm one point ahead of you. So last game was Krushla against Lavi. We both went for Krushla here. So the senior championship, you didn't do too bad overall. It was just a one ahead for me where I had picked Cavendish. You picked the draw, crush law against Lavi. We both went for Krushla in this one, which means that I just beat you by one in the senior championship on the prediction score. Um, but I don't think either of us expected Law to win it quite so easily.
1: No, we didn't. I'm just looking through my notes here. I I'm very impressed with Law. and Law. And I think that having seen Crush Law twice in the league and they were poor, particularly poor against Rammer, um, I think that's a big statement to come out and beat Lavi. And Like, unless we forget, there was a lot of people talking about Lavi coming into that game. And I'd say a lot of people would have backed Lavi at 7-2. Um, I know I was flagging that one up. Like, Crush Law dominated from start to finish. The thing with Crusher Law, though... They would remind you of Cavan Gales a few years ago in that when they get on top of you, they can crucify you. Uh, so it, yeah. it has to, it has to come with a slight head warning, um, because they, I mean they got off to a brilliant start, a, hu- a massive start, and, and the way the way they play their running game, they can they can just run through you when they when they get on top like that. But I thought they were really impressive. I thought Stephen Smith was excellent. The more I watched of the game, and <clears throat> I watched parts of it back again. His kick passing was brilliant. He got on a lot of ball around the middle of the field and de- delivered along. And again, he's a player that's, that plays his best football face in the goals. He, he's played a lot mm. in, inside, but he's better out the field because his kick pass is superb. And I thought Patrick Lynch was was way, way better than he showed against Rammer in the league. I thought uh, he did well. He, he got an offensive mark towards the end of the game. He kicked a couple of points. He hit the woodwork with another. Um, in fact, Crosser hit the woodwork three or four times in the game. But all around the field, James Smith had a great game in the middle of the field as well. I thought Crush Law were were very impressive and they they showed they showed uh, why they they were hyped up so much and they kinda of put those couple of bad games behind them. Yeah, and and the beauty of
0: it from a crush law point of view, I'd imagine. So their starting forward line was Shane McManus, um Andy Gaffney, Darren Gaffney, um Emmett Boylan, Patrick Lynch and Stephen Smith. And five out of the six forwards scored um, from open play. So really good spread of scorers. And that's, that's the thing about Crush Law. Like, I was coming away from the game saying James Smith, for me, I thought was very good. I thought David Shelby in the full back line, particularly going forward, was really good. Good use of the ball, offering support a lot. and And, you know, driving forward, willing to get, Get up and try and make something happen. Um, I thought Mark Stewart was doing done very well in the middle of the field. Conor Reid looked looked like he was doing very well until he got that injury, which is something we'll come back to. Um, but Emmett Boylan, uh, one two from open play as a as a, a corner forward. Like I I like this kid. I think there's a lot to him. We talk about young players in Mullerhorn. Like that's a that is a young forward line. Um, Emmett Boylan's probably 19-20 Patrick Lynch the same, still on the 20 Stephen Smith just over the the 20, is he 22 now, 21-22 you know, there's, there's a lot of youth in that forward line um, Andy Gaffney's probably the, the end O'Reilly of, of that forward line and a wee bit more on top, he's 30 three I think at this stage in the Gaffney, which is making me feel old because I coached him with Cavan on the sixteens. <laughs> but um that like there, that that's a, it is a very young crush loss side. Um they 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 need they they probably need just to come up another gear I think but I definitely think there's a load of improvement in that because it's such a youthful side. So Steve, Stephen Smith, we we discussed this yesterday, me and you. And then I looked back on the game, and, and and I actually I have to admit he done better than I remember when I was watching the game in real time. Now, granted, I was commentating, and and it can be a little bit difficult to to try and piece out who's actually playing well. Um, but it was he did have a very good game. The more I look back on it.
1: Yeah, I thought he did. Con- Connorry was playing a mighty game I thought. I thought he was excellent. He was he was showing the sort of form that he showed with Cavan uh last summer like I he, he thought he was excellent. Really good and then he for got a, seemed to get a bad enough injury and he had to go off on a stretcher. Hopefully hopefully it was maybe a concussion or something rather than a, than a break or a yeah. tear of some kind and he might maybe miss a game but he'd be back hopefully because uh, it was good to see him playing so well. Um for Lavi I thought Jerry Smith was brilliant in the first half. He, he was taking the fight to crush a lot, Went out of the game, all right. Uh, but first half, like he, he really looked on a different level physically to to most other players on the field. Like his his of pace, acceleration. He was playing very directly and tearing through. But other than that, there wasn't a whole pile uh, with Lavi that you could really hang your hat on. You know, I thought they were they looked they looked definitely off off Crushlaw's pace all over the field really
0: Shane Tierney was the other that I thought I, I personally thought he had the better of John Cook but he just didn't get enough ball he wasn't he wasn't allowed to get into the game by the support act around him you know so maybe it was Crushlaw had, had good enough numbers and, and I, I knew the players that could drop off a little bit but definitely I thought Shane Tierney was the other leading light there for me Chris Conroy didn't get affecting the game now maybe he was told to hold back but when you have a player of Chris Conroy's caliber you expect him to be dictating the pace of a game or just getting up getting more involved because I don't think we've seen enough of him on the ball and I think that's Chris's best asset is what he does on the ball we just didn't see enough of that and and like they're going to need they're going to need improvement like Emmett Brady showed well enough as a corner forward um Peter Smith you know 17 year old again there's potential there but will will have to come up a gear to be a you know a top senior player i was impressed with darren Connery as well like he always gives you something intelligent good enough good work rate as well and darren jordan i thought tried hard um but just it just didn't seem like a cohesive effort with with lavi whereas with krushala they all seemed to know what they were trying to do and Without without anybody absolutely standing out and saying, well, that's the reason that one player is the reason they won. Collectively, they were very good. I thought.
1: Yeah, I fully fully agree with that. Yeah, completely. A couple of things. Like, I, st- I still think the Crush Lock kick out is a weakness. Um, I've watched them there three weeks in a row, and the the kick out is is a bit dodgy. It's a, it's where when they come up against the likes of the Cavagals. Teams like that out there—they're really going to target that.
0: Yeah, Rammer.
1: And yeah, Rammer. All, all, the, the other really, really top t- sides in the county—they're mm. going to target that, and and that's something that you know if if it stays at the level it's at, might get by. If 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 it if it dips at all, and it has dipped at times over the last three games, then then they're going to be they're going to find themselves under pressure because you know there was a bit of. Old style hitting an open down the middle as well at times, which worked out okay. When you have the likes of of James Smith there, you can get away with some of that, and you can try and win breaks. But that's a lottery too, and most teams are are not looking to do that anymore.
0: Well, on top of that, at a crucial stage in the, in the first half, when Crush Law had been six points ahead, Lavi went and won at least four kickouts in a row of Crush of Law's. Um, you know, now that may have been during the juncture that, um. Shane McVitie was was in the sin bin, but it, they they still should be able to figure it out. That okay, well, this is a, this is there's a problem here. Let's let's do something now. To their credit, they they did, and and it looked like almost they had a, a signal or a or a, a right. Okay, we've lost three kickouts in a row. We've got to work this set piece, and you could see them creating a formation to break to to get uh, to get that set piece together. That was the first time I seen them use that in the game, but it still didn't work the ball without over the sideline. So mm. it's something that, that definitely, Chris Law you, you've identified, and, and you're 100% right on. The other point that, that I want to bring up, and it's not on Chris Law's fault, but it shows the enigma of this black card system. That I, I took out the stopwatch just to check it out to see, because I remember in real time thinking, you know, this is fairly farcical that Shane McFeady <laughs> gets a black card <laughs> Shane gets a black card on the 23rd minute and I think roughly 4 minutes after that Conor Rehill is down injured and genuinely injured and and needing attention but the injury takes 4 minutes and 22 seconds Ken play goes back on Stephen Smith goes down and he's down injured for over 30 seconds so all in all there was 5 minutes of injury in that 10 minute sin bin so at most, it was five minutes of play. That, that was a major disadvantage to Lavi. And I think that that's something that, you know, the, the, the rules are going to have to look at that. It, it, is it 10 minutes playing time or, 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 or our teams? And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying crush lower play acting, but the opportunity to play act is there by slowing down kickouts, by every time you win a free, you know, allow your physio to come on. Show, show, pretend that you're injured. Like these, there, there, there are teams that are going to do that to just take advantage of the the fact that it's not ten minutes playing time; it's just ten minutes on the clock.
1: Yeah, completely. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like, refereeing is a very hard job. Like, re, re, it is very hard to be a referee, and you have to get—if you don't get every decision right—you're uh, you're, you're going to get abused left, right, and center. And you know, their job has been made harder now. And I don't think that's that's really fair. But it's amazing if if you watched Rama and Gowna and then you watched Killarney and Kersal, and you had two two referees who have a different style of refereeing, and like it was it was poles apart. Connor Durnin tends to give frees to the forward. A, a lot of referees do that now. Uh, Noah Mooney would be another who I notice. And like there are referees who are who are progressing into the currently ranks, and. They tend to give the, the man with the ball, if he's attacking, if he brings it into contact, it tends to get, get frees. Whereas, Oliver O'Reilly uh, lets the game flow in a different way. and you know, Frees don't come as easily. If you bring the ball into contact, you really have to be, to be hit hard before you're going to get a free. And I mean, that's better to watch, I think. It's certainly better to watch. It's more physical. But the danger there is that games can get out of control. Yeah. And and we I think the game got a little bit out of control at times uh the other evening. Um some players were getting frustrated with decisions. But like, referee make no mistake about it, refereeing is a very hard job. I I would never do it. Yeah.
0: And 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 like the other side of it is that if you if you go by the book, the only legitimate tackle is a shoulder to shoulder or contact with the ball. You know, so Probably by the letter of the law, the Conor Dernese, the Noel Mooney, they're, they're correct by the rule book. But I do agree with you. It's, it's, it's maybe nicer to watch a bit of that there is contact more than the rule book allows. So it's, I, I wouldn't, for love no money, I wouldn't be a referee because I don't think at any point in the GA you can keep everybody happy if you're a referee.
1: You know, completely so very we should, difficult. We, speaking of referees, we, we forgot to mention that the, one of the talking points from the Rammer Gowner game was the, the penalty shout that Rammer had, or that Gowna had Gowna had the Gowner had had
0: at the end, yeah. Yeah,
1: which looking back on the video, it's not fully conclusive, but I, I Joe McCullen had a better view of it than, than the cameraman had, but like that. But Niall Madden did appear to be taken down uh, by Owen Somerville, so Rammer probably, but that's just going from the video angle. It's not, a, it's not fully clear. Maybe Madden went down easily, or maybe Somerville pulled them down. But Brammer well, did ha- have a shout for a penalty there. Gauna. Gauna did have a oh, shout for right. a penalty. And, yeah.
0: and, and the thing was that there was no doubt Owen Somerville uh, brought down Niall Madden. It was just the location of the foul because Joe McQuillan awarded the free. Um, Gauna felt it was a penalty. I have to say, on, on my first instinct... I thought it was a penalty too, but Joe McGgunough was far, far closer than I was, and as you said, the video doesn't make it any more conclusive that he was inside so um but then Garner remonstrated to such a point I think that he thought the ball was thrown up, so it was uh it, it 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 was one of those situations that it was it was a difficult call. you just have to assume. And and I would give Joe McCullen the benefit of any doubt because he's a he's a top class referee. You know, you don't get the referee all Ireland final if you're if you're not best at your game. So um, yeah, just unfortunate too that you know that some that there is maybe questions. But look, overall, I have to say hats off to the referees. Thought they done a good job overall this weekend. I well,
1: um, no, I don't. I don't think any referee affected the the result of a game. So I mean that's the basic requirement from a referee that the best team wins, it's that they don't do something that causes the worst team to win the game. And that definitely didn't happen. I don't think so. I definitely not, don't think not so. In the, not in the games I've seen, are
0: No, nope. Okay, moving on to the results, then our, our results in the Hotel Kilmer Intermediate Championship. We'll try and go through these uh, nice and quick. We's, we still have our proactive risk control team of the week to go through. Um, so Friday night, Drumgoon against Killing Care. You went for Killing Care and I went for the draw. All I'm going to say on that one is
1: boom. Massive, massive, massive. shout. I have to say, I fancy and care here. While, while making the case that from had to be respected, that from on their day or a match for, for any team in the intermediate as they've shown, like beating Lara, for example, last year, I think it was in the first round. Um, I didn't, I didn't see them winning it. I expected and care to win it. And, uh, I didn't get that right either, but the draw was a massive call, Daniel. Hats off.
0: It was a good, good call. A massive display. Two, two really, really good displays for Drumgoon. I thought Corey Smith's kickouts were worth the entrance fee alone. Like he was booming the ball to the far forty-five, but he wasn't just hitting it, lumping it, and hoping that something comes off it. Two goals came off a kickout. It was that. It was that good. He was that accurate with them as well, and like he was hitting lads definitely 60 yards away on the chest as they ran it, I, I, his kick outs were just another level I, I thought
1: funny, funny thing I was talking to a Kingscourt man who, who was at that game uh, I think he yeah he, he said, I think he said he got to the second half of it and I said how'd that go and he says, it's from goon goalkeeper it was unbelievable <laughs> yeah he really was he really was Now I'm looking forward to seeing it. what age is this guy he, he, I don't know looking forward maybe someone can let us know I'm looking forward to seeing him there
0: yeah, yeah, I I know he was in goals last year as well for them. Um, I don't just remember the kickouts being as accurate. I do remember him having a big boot, but they've really utilised it as a weapon. Um, and and what a weapon it is. The other weapon that they have is full forward Keith Fannin. Like what a performance by the veteran. He scored nine points, four of them from freeze and five from open play, and he just he sang the killing care defence a, a merry dance really it, it was it was a notable performance but Killing Care while looking rusty and I think it's important to note that's the first competitive game Killing Care played this year whereas you can make the argument of that the league games were non-competitive they still they were still there and they were probably more competitive than a challenge match you could play and I understand that Killing Care didn't um, didn't have. They may have had a couple of challenge matches, but that that's the preparation. Whereas most teams had two or three challenge matches plus two league games before championship. And you could tell it on Killing Care. So there's there's a lot of room for improvement on Killing Care yet. Emmett Fitzsimons only came off the bench, was carrying a bit of an injury. So him coming back in will strengthen up that team, as did Paul
1: Brady. So and the the goal king, Peter McCabe, he got two goals in the first half today. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you could describe them without even being there. Let me know? let me guess.
1: Let me guess. Uh a ball over the top, he beat his man to the ball, raced through and just tucked it away in the bottom corner. Well just a foot race. Both of them were foot
0: race and you don't you don't keep with Peter McCabe on a foot race. You know, that's that's just simply it he's he's faster than everybody. Um he's but
1: one after that yeah, he
0: definitely is, definitely is So, uh, no, it was. I, I suppose both sides will be happy enough for the draw As somebody said to me, one person said to me coming out from the game that, look, neither, neither team really deserved to lose that game and somebody beside him said, well, neither team really deserved to win it either So it was probably a fair enough ass- assumption um, of the game or assessment of the game uh, The second game, Drumlane against Butler's Bridge You went for Drumlane and I went for Butler's Bridge Here's where we really start to differ um this one Cevin O'Reilly finished up with eight points to his name uh was filed for the penalty um Daryl had a good game for for Drumlane um as did Gary Tubman I believe uh, Gary Tubman was excellent the um the, the story on this one is i, I suppose twofold one uh Drumlane off to an early start then they they picked up a black card with you know less than 10 minutes to go uh, I think it was Darragh Dolan who got the black. Oh, sorry, Donal O'Reilly who got the black card, and uh, and at that point they were ahead by two points, and Butlersbridge pushed on and ended up winning the game by three. the The other part of the story was Ryan Conley um, had the last kick of the game. Referee Martin Sexton, um, awarded a fourteen meter free to Drum Lane with time up. Told him it was the last kick of the game let lets rip it hits the underside of the crossbar comes down bounces just outside the line and, and the game was over so how close do you get <laughs> Ryan Conley?
1: Yeah that's the second time that's happened Ryan uh, of course obviously against Monaghan they the Ulster Championship as well he hit the underside of the crossbar so yeah I'm, 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 uh, that was always going to be a, a close game but to being one of those teams that I, that I fancied to kick on having been in the semi-final last year but again the bridge we've talked about them at length in the past they have the quality. And uh I'm kinda of glad to see the bridge picking up that way now because you hate to see a team not delivering on their potential. And they've got lots of potential and they're they're a nice team to watch as well.
0: Big blow to them. Johnny Letty looks like he may have picked up an injury that might see him out. Um unfortunately. So that's that's a disappointment to Bullersbridge. They can't really afford to lose too many players. So that's it, it comes it comes at a cost, the victory. Uh third game in the intermediate was Balamakue against Corner Finn. You went for the draw on this one. I went for Balamaquew. Balamakue got the win by three points or a goal, finished two seven to two seven to ten, was it? Or I can't remember the exact result, but Balamakue won it anyway.
1: Ah oh, Jesus, this is a goal from bad to worse for me. Yeah. That that one had draw written all over for me, but I wasn't expecting Balamakuew to score two seven and Corner Finn to score ten to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was
0: Let's said now, comes with comes with the um with with the note that Barry Doyle didn't play for Corn of Fame, which is was neither of us had that information going into the game. So wow,
1: well, that's that, uh,
0: that's worth he, a few points.
1: But he his uh, the ratio of scores he gets for Corn of Fame would be something like Monaghan with Conor McManus two or three years ago, where he, he was scoring like sixty percent of their scores. Yeah. Uh, it's it's huge. Barry Doyle's a huge figure for them. So, good start for Bally McHugh though, all of them.
0: Definitely. Arve against Bally tonight, live on We Are Cavan um, from Kingspan Brefty. Coo-Hollands against Bally Hayes. We both went for Bally Hayes on this one, and they came up trumps, winning it by three points. Um, a lot of good displays, I think, by Bally Hayes overall. Kevin Tierney, Porrick. Porrick Moore actually had his hands full, I was told. I think Niall Carlin picked him up. Um, and then Connor Smith, apparently, was was the big performer for um for Coohullet. Sorry, the big performer for Ballyhale was David Brady once again.
1: David Brady again. Okay, I haven't really heard anything about this game to be honest, so I can't contribute. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you you got the result right. That's the main thing. Yeah, well, that's the main thing, and, and uh, yeah, well, look, that was again, that was another one that was going to be. I think we predicted loads of scores in this game, so. Uh. Uh, we predicted a free flow and open game with a lot of scores in it, so that wasn't exactly uh, on the mark either.
0: Yeah, two. What did it finish? What was the extra score? Two something. Uh, it wasn't too far off it. I think there was there was still the guts of twenty plus scores in it, so it may not have been as high as we thought, but it definitely wasn't low scoring.
1: Yeah, I was predicting a, a complete shootout there. But look, I suppose both teams will take something from that. Obviously, Barry Hayes to get off to a win is brilliant, but. Uh, and I saw Declan Brennan tw- tweeting like, he was so delighted to to get a win in, in Championship Football, his first Championship game over year's. But Coochollins will not be too disappointed. I went to say earlier on about, about um Lavi. Lavi actually have a poor enough record in the fourth round of the Championship in the last few years and have always bounced back. And Coochollins have, have lost games in the group stage in the last few years as well. Like, lost the corner and things like that in the group stages. So, you know, both of those teams can still come back from from a loss, no problem. Yeah. They've done it before.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The final two games, and I didn't hear a huge amount on them um, in the intermediate Kilashandra against Baileyboro. We both predicted Baileyboro and they came away with the victory. And Biltorbet against Rammer United. Once again, we both predicted Beltorbet, Um and. They came away with the victory as well, which was pretty much expected. Uh Reese Clark, we heard on the, the Diehards podcast, was was outstanding once again for Baileyborough.
1: Yeah, well, I, I I know that uh we definitely have to give a special mention for the Rammer of the Torber and to Jack Doyle, yeah. who, who, whose dad Alan died suddenly in midweek and was a big supporter. And Jack went out and scored one-two only a few days after his dad's passing. So um Condolences to the Dyde family and, and well done to Jack for bouncing back and getting back on the field and do, doing what he does best.
0: Without well, a doubt, echo those sentiments completely. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family owned and family run business. Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.brady'sarva.ie for more details. We'll move on to the... uh Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week, um, the very first one. So we're going to start off, I'll give you the nominations for, for the positions or the, or when we had competition for positions. Um, in goals, I, I had two options, or we, we had two options, I should state. Corey Smith from Drumgoon and Sean Briarty, who had a very good game from Mullerhorn. I think we, we uh, forgot to mention that earlier on, but he, he pulled off a crucial save earlier on in the game when it may have been two points to nil or three points to nil in favour of Mullerhorn, um, a goal situation for Paddy Rudden and, and Briardy was out very, very quick and he had to be good under a lot of drop short ball as well that, that came in from Lara. So I thought he, he had an excellent game for Mullerhorn, but I couldn't go past Corey Smith for a uh, goalkeeper team of the week. It just his kickouts alone were, were, were worthy of uh, was the, of the very first uh, team of the week of this year. So well done, Corey Smith from Drumgoon. So in the full back line, then we went for Ryan McGaheron, Connor Connolly and David Shalvey. Um, Ryan McGaheron, as we said earlier on, for his man-marking role on Simon Cadden, which I thought was vital. And on top of that, a couple of big hits, good, big, honest shoulders coming in. We're talking about a good tackle. Brian done that a couple of times in the game, and I thought it just added to the, the tempo of the game. So Conor Connolly broke forward for Killigary, getting a point um, as a full back. and I thought overall his, his contribution to the game was good going forward. And David Shalvey, I thought, had an excellent game um, coming out from the law defence. I thought he, he, he was sitting deep um, when needed, but as soon as Chris Law would force a turnover more often than not it was David Shelby that done the transition work so uh, really good display by David Shelby. Um Feel free to jump in if you've had an on these ones Paul as I go through them. Brian O'Connell gets the number 5 jersey from Rammer. Paddy Mead Where's number six from King's court and a second King's court star in Shane Duffy picking it up very hard to go past Shane Duffy scoring one one from a wing half back, but winning a lot of break and ball very energetic um Paddy Mead for his display against Ryan or Raymond galligan and I thought I thought he showed maturity in this display there was one incident I, I was telling somebody else last night about this where What Paddy Mead kept on trying to do was take Raymond Gallaghan out of the forward line. So every time Kingscourt would get the ball, Paddy Mead would break. He'd, he'd, He'd go running. And if Raymond would come with him, Paddy would keep going. And there was one particular incident that made it very obvious that he was thinking about what he was doing, that he had a purpose in making those runs. And it was that he got to the midfield and he looked back and he seen Raymond wasn't coming. So he just stopped. Kingscourt maintained possession of the ball and Raymond then kind of thought he's actually maybe a better goal because they're holding that ball in the middle toward and he's going to give an overlap and once Raymond got within 10 metres of Paddy Mead off he went again bombing it further up the field so it was a very conscious thing by Paddy Mead, which I love to see. Um, I was very impressed with that. And then Brian O'Connell, as I said, I thought he had a very good game, but more to come from him. He's starting to look like like he's, he's a physical specimen, and he's starting to look like he's getting his athleticism back as well, comfortable on the ball, does the right thing on it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more from him,
1: but a really solid I th- display. I thought he was excellent. He, he, did, he did a couple of... Um of high catches out in front of his man while he was in around the full-back line, which would remind you of Rory Don when he was in his pomp at full-back with Cavan, attacking the ball, playing his man from the front. High risk, but spectacular to watch. And I thought he was great. He, he, he drove forward at every opportunity. I, uh, yeah. Shane Duffy, I'm glad to hear Shane Duffy is doing so well there. I first noticed him playing as a wing forward with Cavan under-16s in the Jerry Riley Cup, and I always kept an eye out for him because Todd thought he had huge potential. And it's great to see that he's coming through now and shining now in the senior championship because he's got a, he's got a lot of uh, qualities for a good young, up-and-coming player to watch. A
0: couple of honourable mentions in the defence. John Oates had a very good game at wing half-back for Kingscourt as well. And Callum Moosey was very solid for Mullahorne at back. The Mullahorne defence, I, I, I just noted, I think Lara scored three frees throughout the game um, and maybe missed one. Um, am I right in saying actually he only scored two frees. And one went wide. So Mullerhorn only given away one score or, or sorry, three scoreable frees in the entire game. I think that was that was a very good display by Mullerhorn and Callum Moosey kind of leading the, the full back line in, in one-on-one battles. In the middle of the field, then um we went for Killian Maguire from Rammer and James Smith from Crushelaw. Um two very good displays, I thought, overall. You, uh like James Smith, I, I spoke about on the other podcast how I'm delighted to see him adding the point scoring to his driving runs through the middle. So we've all seen him drive through the middle and then stick the ball in the back of the net and on occasion drive through the middle and run into the cul-de-sac because people are expecting him to kick the ball into the back of the net. So he gets turned over. But I thought he, he scored two points, one on the left and one on the right when he realised that the goal wasn't on against Lavi and, and made the right decision while still moving at a, a ferocious pace. So really, really good display by James Smith. And uh, Killian Maguire, for me, I thought some of his marks in, in the middle of the field were just excellent. Like primary possession is so key if you're going to win your middle tour battle. And he won a lot of it. And then his ball in for James Brady's goal was was spectacular, I thought. So really good display by
1: Killian Maguire. Yeah well. I I'd agree with completely with all of that and it was good to see Killian Maguire getting the point at the end of the game because he his, his performance deserved it definitely honorable
0: mentions for the middle of the field I thought Lawrence Caffrey put in another solid shift but you, you, you nearly grow to expect that from Lawrence at this stage he's 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 the uh would he be the Christy Shields of this Rammer team? You know, just always, always an 8 out of 10, you know. Um, And then Jerry Smith, I thought his first half display was was very good for Lavi, but second half probably just let him down a a little bit there. So moving into the half forward line, and uh, we went with number 10, Cuevin O'Reilly. He scored eight points, as we said earlier on, five from freeze, three from open play. was taken down for a penalty, so a a very solid display. At 11, we went for the Cavendale centre-half forward, Paul O'Connor, who scored 1-2, but his overall contribution to the game was far more than three scores um, with the work rate he brought and and the energy. And then a wing half-forward on the other side, we went for the youngster, Matthew McGahorn. Six foot five, and as we said earlier on, with his marks in the midfield and his points scoring going forward, he's a uh, he 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 made as impressive a debut as he'll ever come across. So,
1: really, really good half forward line. Yeah, um, again, McGahorn, a, a young player that, <clears throat> that he was raw while he was playing with the Calvin Miners, but he's a huge lad, he's six foot five or six. So, like from that point of view alone, he's a player that that should be persevered with on development squads and everything else and get all the coaching he needs because big men of that size don't grow on trees so to see him coming in playing senior championship and doing well that's a sign that he's he's improving so good to see it as well
0: Yeah so, some honourable mentions for the half forward line Sean McAvoy off the bench um for Rammer United already mentioned how good he was. I thought Andy Gaffney for Chris Law was very good, showed showed really well. And David Brady, of course, for Bally Hayes, um had, had an outstanding display as well. But I just didn't get to see that game. We didn't have eyes on that game. So um we, we just couldn't hold him in there. So then into the full forward line. The final three positions on the team, we went for James Brady from Rammer United, finishing off with 2-6. Three of them coming from freeze, but an outstanding display. We've probably spoken enough about James. Oshin Pearson scoring 1-5, sorry, 1-4 for Gauna. Um, one of them coming from a freeze. One three coming from open play um, in, in a really, really good display, a really good game with them and Rammer. Um, and then Oshin Brady from Kiligarry completes the lineup. He finished the game with an exceptional seven points for them coming from freeze, and even with that, I think he probably missed another three or four. He easily could have finished with ten points. Um, so a, a really talented young player, and that's the sort of full forward line. It's 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 young. James Brady is probably the oldest. Is actually definitely the oldest of the of the three of them. But there's there's lovely talent in that full forward line.
1: Yeah, to real handfuls. Ocean Brady is another player. You mentioned Keith Fanon earlier on. Ocean Brady's like him that you could nearly play him in any position. Like he could mm. he could he could play in the half back line even. Um but that is all star didn't he? the college is all star in the half back line, I think. Yeah, didn't he? he did, I think, yeah. But but Jack Brady and Oshin Pearson or James Brady and Oshin Pearson are probably out and out inside men. They're they're lads that you want close to goal because they can absolutely as Fergie used to say about goals, they just go around the place dropping hand grenades and just <laughs> Ca- causing absolute chaos everywhere to go because they put the fear of God into defenders, full of tricks and they're they're fast. So players that, that get the supporters up on their feet, that's what you want to see.
0: Definitely so. A few honourable mentions. Keen Sheckleton seven points, uh six coming from Freeze, difficult but a really good performance um from Kean. Um, at full forward, Keith Fannin, obviously deserves honourable mention with his nine points. Um, Shane Tierney, I thought, done done quite well there as well. Just didn't get enough ball sent into him. Emmett Boylan won two um, for Crusher Connor Conor Smith had a very good display, apparently, for Ku And Cormac O'Reilly uh, with 1-5 from Mullerhorn. Four of them coming from freeze and 1-1 and one one from open play. All worth mentioning. So that's the uh, proactive risk control Team of the week. Just to run through it one more time. It's Corey Smith from Drumgoon. Full back line of Ryan McGahorn, Connor Connolly, and David Shelby. Half back line of Brian O'Connell, Paddy Mead, and Shane Duffy. In the middle of the field, it's Killian Maguire and James Smith. Half forward line, Queven O'Reilly, Paul O'Connor and Matthew McGahorn, and a full forward line of James Brady, Oshin Pearson and Oshin Brady for your Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week. For all your health and safety needs, consultancy and training, head on over to prc.ie or email stephen at prc.ie. We will be bringing you our Player of the Week um, later on in the week and they will receive a €50 euro voucher for picking up that award so stay on our social media as you'll see our player of the week later on on Thursday or Friday that brings us to the end of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast it was a long one this week week Paul but as you say it wasn't as long as our conversations usually
1: yeah we're getting like Joe Rogan now we're going to be doing six hour podcasts if this championship keeps going as well as it's going <laughs>
0: without a doubt we better go get some sleep thanks a million for listening and uh, look forward to the coverage tonight between Arva and Balanya live from Kingspan Breffney at 8 o'clock